Hi, John. How are you this week? Hi, Elliot. Obviously, um, everybody's focused on what's going on in uh, Ukraine, and and I know you were able to put together a, a great conversation yesterday. We live streamed a discussion of sanctions, so that continues to be an evolving, an ongoing issue. So uh, while there's other things going on this week, I know FinCEN issued or Treasury issued uh, an update on some risk assessments, which uh, people should take a look at when they get a chance. But um, I thought we should continue the theme of sanctions. And one of the criticisms, criticism is probably the wrong word, but one of the questions is, are these sanctions going after uh, the right people? And and, uh, mainly the focus continues to be on oligarchs. And I know that Department of Justice launched a uh, task force the other day. Did you did you have happen to see that announcement? I did see that announcement. Uh, it's task force Klepto Capture, and it's a uh, it's an interagency task force uh, trying to uh, dedicated. I'm quoting here, dedicating to for uh, enforcing the sweeping sanctions, export restrictions, and economic countermeasures. Uh, that were imposed, uh, have been imposed thus far and any that may be imposed in the near future. Yeah, and based on the the announcement, uh, a couple things I thought thought were of note. One is it's going to be run out of the Office of Deputy Attorney General and have a whole series of uh, prosecutors, agents, analysts, and staffs in that department, but also the theme that we always appreciate, and that's partnership. It's going to be working also closely with agents and analysts, not just with justice, but in other agencies, FBI, Marshal Service, DHS, IRS, Postal Service, which is always important given the skill sets of those uh, staff and agencies uh, in, in, this, in this space, especially when you're looking for uh, financial footprints. Yes, and... Uh... The value of having all those agencies is each of them has a, uh, a slightly different focus and, as you point out, great expertise. And so uh, the, um, what we're likely to see coming out of all the sanctions that have been put in place is a, uh, uh, an effort to uh, circumvent those by the people who are impacted. And so to really be able to react to those topologies of circumvention, it's important to have the folks who have expertise in all the different ways that uh, uh, mm-hmm. folks trying to hide their money or avoid the impact of the sanctions uh, might use. Yeah, yeah the, um, I saw, I'm sure you saw the same thing. There was an article over last weekend, I think in, in the New York Times where, um, in the business section saying that with these sanctions and I'm paraphrasing, all Putin needs to do is utilize cryptocurrency to evade the sanctions. It was interesting to know. And obviously that's a very general statement and probably there's a lot of holes in that statement, but one of the uh, missions of this task force is targeting efforts to use cryptocurrency to evade us sanctions or launder the proceeds of foreign corruption, that sort of thing. In addition to, the asset forfeiture laws and regulations, which which also are, are a great tool. So uh, the task force has anticipated some of the of the venues and avenues, if you will, of uh, of movement of funds. So I think that's 
that's important. And all they needed to tell us was in general what they plan to do. The specifics obviously be left up to the experts. Right. Um, I noted also that in the release, it was pointed out that uh, t this task force is going to, again, I'm quoting, complement the work of the transatlantic task force announced by, by the president and leaders of the European Commission, France, Germany, Italy, the United Kingdom, and Canada, and that, that announcement was last week, which has a mission to identify and seize assets of sanctioned individuals and companies around the world. So in addition to a lot of coordination and act in the sanction side itself, it's good to see good in the sense of making the sanctions have some impact. Uh, it's good to see that there are uh, there's a coordinated effort at the international level on enforcement, and this U.S. task force will be a key player in what I'm sure is an, uh, a, an international cooperation on the law enforcement and uh, other agency side. Yeah, and, you know, obviously both of us are lawyers. Um, part of the thing that also resonated with me was the description of how they plan to prosecute um, individuals that attempt to circumvent the laws or to do things like undermine restrictions taken against Russian financial institutions, but also um, the, um, I don't know the specific statutes, but going after individual conspiracy to defraud the U.S., obstruction, obviously money laundering, false statements, and as the press release says, the maximum penalty under many of these are 20 years in prison. So we knew this was serious to begin with, but I think it's so important, in addition to what OFAC's doing and the EU and the UN and these other jurisdictions that we're, we're attempting to use the criminal statutes to go after ol oligarchs, because as we know, go to New York, go to um, L.A., Miami, all the real estate there that has been purchased in cash by oligarchs uh, is, in some views, mine particularly is disgusting. And this is let's get after them and really make this hurt. And if you can do that, in addition to everything else that's been announced in the past week, there can be some real impacts here. Yes, I agree with that. And again, it um, the the uh, unified international action uh, on the sanction side has been great. But this, as we've already said, this uh, effort here and comparable efforts across uh, many of our uh, key allies and partners will be very important in really making it have teeth. It's already has teeth and um, uh, access to capital and things like that is going to be, become much more difficult in Russia. But um, uh, th these uh, extra governmental actors who have, uh, uh, I think, certainly in many ways, their actions have laid some of the groundwork for this uh, this terrible set of events is uh, just seems fair to me. Right. And uh, just just a quick aside, typically when when a member of Congress makes a speech, the relevance, you know, it depends on context. But I did see something else. If people get a chance to take a look at this, uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island just earlier this week on the floor of the Senate talked a bit about uh, these sorts of issues and 
And, uh, you know, one of the things that he talked about, if you get a chance to take a look at it on, on corruption and, and kleptocracy is we need additional legislation beyond the AML laws and regs that are already out there. But uh, and that may or may not be true. Uh, maybe part of that is he's waiting for some of the regs to be finalized under last year's laws. But I thought it was interesting that he does uh, talk about the connection between, you know, corruption and money laundering, but he also says the beneficial ownership provisions are central to all this as a countermeasure. And you've heard that from a lot of voices of, of policymakers over the past week as well. And as we know, we're, we're waiting for uh, an eventual beneficial ownership registry, and we're going to see how that uh, that works out. But I think a lot of people believe that this will deal with what we mentioned before, the use of real estate companies or whatever to hide and, and move illicit funds. Yes. Um, no question about it. Um, so uh, I'll do the shameless plug for our podcast. So if you enjoyed this edition of This Week in AML, uh, please uh, subscribe if you haven't already, and then you'll receive it weekly. You can find us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And John, uh, what's up next for us in the um, webinar space? Well, as, as we were able to do last, uh, or two weeks ago, we did a what's new for 2022 that we will send that out um, in, in not bits and pieces, but in, in, in additional uh, social media posts. But on uh, March 24th, we're doing a session on banking high-risk customers across the globe. So that'll be something that uh, a lot of our clients and members of the community have to grapple with because of issues like uh, de-risking, de risk mitigation, risk assessment. So we know that that's going to be a value. So one o'clock Eastern time, March 24th, banking high-risk customers across, across the globe, the next edition of AML Voices. Yes, and, and I, let me give one more plug for what you mentioned earlier. Uh, we did a live stream yesterday on LinkedIn Live about uh, the current state of sanctioned programs. Uh, a little bit of a backgrounder and then some practical tips on uh, what organizations should be thinking about as they're trying to react to the uh, wave of sanctions that have been put in place. You can see that on our link, our corporate LinkedIn page, the AML Right Source page, and that's available to view uh, the recording at any time. So uh, we urge you to take a look at that too if you are um, uh, working in this space or need information about sanctions. So, John, you have a uh, great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Stay safe, Elliot. Take care. And we're always constantly thinking about our colleagues uh, in Eastern Europe and particularly in Ukraine. Absolutely. All right. Bye, John. See ya.